The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, NBA Wednesday Night Player Props Edition, and joining me as usual on Wednesday afternoons to break down all the stuff happening around the NBA, uh, whether it's player prop-wise or news with NBA teams, it's a man that does this on and off the court for SGPN, as well as hosting his own show on YouTube, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this Wednesday afternoon, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good. I know the Nets have lost a couple in a row, but they have the return of a guy who I feel like has really alienated about half the fans in the league, or at least (laughs) most people feel that way, but he's on my team, so I don't really care, but he's not going to play any home games. Of course, I'm talking about Kyrie I'm expecting series minute restrictions, maybe 15 minutes tops, okay. 20 tops. But if he goes above 20, I'd be shocked. But we'll see what happens. People can argue that it's a stupid move for the Nets to cave. Have you seen the team without him? They're not good enough to win a championship. So if you're going to spend that much money as a team, you might as well try to win the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're going to need a guy like Kyrie um, for your roster, especially the Brooklyn Nets if they're have aspirations of winning the title. I mean, currently right now, um, they are, I still believe they are number one in the East with, oh, sorry, the- uh, The Bulls are number one. Yeah, they uh, leapfrogged them after the uh, little three-game losing skid that the Brooklyn Nets do have right now. But we'll jump into the Kyrie uh, return as well as Clay Thompson uh, returning for the uh, Golden State Warriors, I believe they said on Sunday um, for the Warriors. Splash Brothers are back, but- um, how was your New Year's, Scott? We'll start with there. I know a lot of people don't like listening to about our personal lives, but I do. With my co-host, I want to know what's going on. So how was New Year's? For the most part, it was fun. Watched a lot of college football. I actually won pretty much every game I had on New Year's, which was nice. But besides that, I had plans originally to go and drink with some friends. Nothing serious. Some light beer pong, so okay. to speak. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, those plans fell through. So I ended up just chilling pretty much that was kind of the story so i was supposed to have a good time or a fun event so to speak it turned into really just nothing 
but you know, it's not a bad thing. I guess I just had a relaxing new year's night. What about you? Yeah, we, we, we can't complain too much since we still had basketball games and college football going on uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that'll still keep us entertained. Yeah, uh, New Year's was good. Uh, you know, spent some time with the family, watched obviously the college uh, football semifinals, the other bowl games, as well as the NBA, NFL. So that kept us entertained uh, throughout the weekend, but ready to crush 2022, uh, not only in the NBA, but across all sports as much as we can. Alluded to it earlier, uh, Scott. Uh, we're going to cover the returns of the Ky- of sorry of Kyrie Irving for the Brooklyn Nets um, and Clay Thompson for the Warriors, as well as Scott pointed out one more team that he wants to roast uh, today on the propcast before we get into our player props uh, for tonight for the NBA Wednesday night schedule. So, Scott, um, let's just start with the Kyrie uh, Irving news. Uh, obviously, we alluded to earlier, Kyrie returns tonight for the Brooklyn Nets against the Indiana Pacers. The caveat is, is that uh, for right now, Kyrie is only going to be playing in the Brooklyn Nets road games. Um, Obviously, like you said, that they are going to need Kyrie Irving to make the championship push uh, in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn right now on a three-game losing streak, but he is back tonight against the Indiana Pacers. Let's start with how you're feeling getting him back on your roster, at least on a part-time basis, since you provide the unbiased opinion about your teams, which is always appreciated. So Kyrie Irving back on the nets, man. What do you think, Scott? So you got to also look at the contracts when it comes to this team. Now, Durant signed up for an eternity, so I'm not worried about that. It's crazy how much the sour cap's going up, though. Durant in 2025-2026 is projected to make $54.7 million, which is absolutely nuts, but that's a separate story. (laughs) Anyway, so Durant's under contract for a while. That's always good because he's arguably the MVP right now, but you got to look at the Harden and the Kyrie contracts. Now, of course, they're under contract for this year. Harden's making about $44 million. Kyrie's making about $35. Now, he forfeited some of it because of his decision to opt out for about the first uh, I don't even know what we're at right now. Two fifths of the season. Is that a fair breakdown? I think we're almost halfway through the. Yeah, so like two fifths, 40%. Yeah, about 40%. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, you're looking at both of those guys. They have a player option for next year. And Harden's supposed to get 47 million. Kyrie could get 36 million. But the point is, this might be the last year of your current big three. Because even if Kyrie did not return, he'd probably opt out. I don't know why he would want to play for one more year where he could get easily 150, 200 plus million on the open market, especially with how the salary cap's been going up. So if you're the Nets and you traded a bunch of prospects for or draft picks for Harden, of course, you brought in Kyrie because of the potential duo that turned trio with the three. I understand if you don't like Kyrie personally because of his shenanigans and all the random stuff he does because he views things differently than other people. Yeah. But if you're spending that much money and this might be the final year you have those three together, you have to try to bring him back because if you don't win a championship and let's say that Kyrie and Harden both opt out, what are you supposed to do? You're kind of screwed. Yep. Now Harden might resign. You don't know if he's going to or not, but the fact that that is still up in the air is pretty telling to me that the Nets really should go in sooner rather than later. Yeah. Or go all in, I should say, sooner rather than later. You? 
Yeah, my question was to you was going to be, I think that only one of the two guys are going to be back for the Brooklyn Nets between Kyrie and James Harden. I think that um, from what I know about James Harden when he's with the Rockets, and even some of the interviews that we've seen this season, you know, when he's been asked about Kyrie Irving, he's also made comments, and, and we had talked about this on the NBA Gambling Podcast, um, that – I think this season he came out and said that he still doesn't feel like what he what he knows what his role is on this Brooklyn Nets team. So I think for me, for the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, you get Kyrie back on a part-time basis this season. But looking into the future, I think only one of those two guys is going to be back on this roster uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, whether that's Kyrie or whether that's James Harden. I think it's uh, going to be Harden. I think if if the Nets had a choice, I'd assume it's Harden because – yeah. Kyrie, I don't want to say that it's impossible for him to come back to Brooklyn if he opts out, but I'm imagining how many bridges he's burned in the front office just by basically ditching the first half of the season. Yeah, I feel like people are going to hold a certain grudge there, and because of the fact that he opted out and he has some baggage when it comes to personal stuff when he went AWOL a couple of times last year, I do think that there's going to be a discrepancy between what he thinks he should get paid and what the Nets are willing to pay him. For Harden, the truth is, had he not gotten injured in the playoffs last year, they're probably winning the championship. Yeah, And you could say the same about Kyrie, because when the big three were there, they killed Milwaukee yeah. in multiple games, and Milwaukee won the championship anyway. But Harden last year had these moments where you could tell he looked like the Harden of Houston time, and he's really looked like it the last couple of games. I know last game against the... I'm trying to remember which game he was awful in. Against Memphis, Memphis, he was awful, but so was Durant. Against the Clippers, he didn't do much the second time. The first time, he was unbelievable. But the point is is that Harden, besides the one injury in the playoffs, is a very durable guy, and Kyrie is not. So I do think if you had to pick between the two, the Nets would rather keep Harden. Plus, they traded assets for him, so you feel obligated to keep him for longer. Yeah, I was just going to mention that over the last, uh, prior to last game, um, Harden looked like the Harden that we or I was used to seeing in Houston. It was kind of a breath of fresh air, man. He was he was, he had four straight or yeah, four straight games of thirty plus points, a um, couple of triple doubles in there. Actually, three out of the four triple doubles wasn't so great against the Memphis Grizzlies, but right, against the Clippers, second time he actually did have a thirty point triple double. I just remember the yeah. fourth quarter when Harden and really the Nets just totally fell apart against that Clipper team. So even though Harden's numbers were good in that game, Mm -hmm. he was brutal in about the final five minutes of that game. He was awful. Yeah, his shooting hasn't been that great either, especially in the month of December. He only shot 27.3% from three-point land. And uh, so far in the two games of January, he's at about 27.8%. So if the shooting gets better for Harden from three-point land, um, the Nets are going to be in good shape. But – Kind of looking towards, I guess, the rest of the season. I think that if Scott, if Kyrie Irving comes back to this team, maybe eventually on a full time basis, and they win the championship, is all is all forgiven to Kyrie Irving after all that that they've dealt with the season. I think all is going to be forgiven when it comes to winning a championship and the fan base, but because that's the only goal. But the point is, do I think the Nets would be more likely to re-sign Kyrie if they win the championship? The truth is, no. I just think Kyrie's gone if he wants to opt out. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that uh, I agree with you that if the, if there's going to be an odd man out, it's going to be Kyrie Irving. Maybe a uh, sign-in trade if you want to go for a Lillard type or something, but I really expect this to be Kyrie's final year unless he comes back. 
but I highly doubt with the increase in salary cap, he's going to accept the player option. He's probably going to opt out. I'd say about 95%. If I had to guess, he's going to opt out. Yeah. And, and, would you rather trade for another superstar or have a better surrounding supporting cast with the money that you would have to pay another superstar? It's really tricky because the net supporting cast we know is not very good. And I've said that from the get-go. I love Patty Mills. I think Patty Mills is a great player. You have a couple of older big men who are not really that good. Blake Griffin's had moments, but overall he hasn't been great. I think, I think Millsap's useless. If you actually just watch him play, like he shouldn't be on the court ever. But Aldridge has been very good. So you have about one and a half of those three that are pretty good. And the other one and a half, you kind of just want to not see ever on the actual roster. Yeah. But on the bright side, we don't have DeAndre Jordan anymore. So I guess it's a slight upgrade. But the point is, is that you're looking at the Nets. Supporting cast is important. But because so many guys nowadays, veterans mostly ring chase, the more superstars you have, the more guys you can get on the minimum. So if I was the Nets... I'm not trading Kyrie for picks or anything. I'm going to trade him for a potential superstar if the, for example, Trailblazers want to get rid of Lillard or if something more realistic, I don't know if the Nets and Sixers would ever agree on a trade with each other, Yeah, but Kyrie for Simmons, I could potentially see that. Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense to that immediately improves your defense with Ben Simmons um, and gives you a guy to take on the point guard duties and let James Harden, you know, be the scorer that he can be along with Kevin Durant. So I think that would set him up very nicely um, for the Brooklyn Nets. But yeah, um, anything else to kind of put a bow on uh, the return of Kyrie, uh, Scott? Yeah, I think the one bow I'd have is that people are going to automatically pencil Brooklyn in again for the championship parade mm-hmm. just because they're getting him back. Yeah. Just a reminder. If they end up playing the Warriors or even the Lakers, the Lakers aren't getting to the finals, but let's assume for this case that they do. Kyrie's playing in zero games. Because you can't play in California and you can't play in New York. Yep. So just because he's coming back for some regular season games does not mean he's going to help them win the NBA finals because unless the restrictions get lifted, he's not able to play in any of those seven games. Yeah, you're right, and I think it's it's getting worse before it's going to get better with these restrictions with the new variant uh, and another new variant that we heard about from uh, France right now. But, um, yeah, I think that eventually it's going to come down to Kyrie having to make that decision if he wants to get vaccinated or not. But at least for right now, uh, Kyrie Irving is back on a part-time basis for the Brooklyn Nets, which I think they do desperately need. Um, but yeah, we shall see what transpires for the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season. Let's go over to the West Coast, uh, Scott. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are seeing the return, or uh, we got a report from Woj this earlier this week that the Warriors are targeting for Clay Thompson to return uh, for the Golden State Warriors this Sunday um, in that backcourt, getting the other Splash Brother back alongside uh, Steph Curry. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of handle Steph, oh, sorry, uh, Clay Thompson's um, minutes just because he's coming back from two brutal, brutal injuries. Um, and, you know, he's been itching to get back on the court. That game is going to be against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday, but uh, getting Clay Thompson back, a huge um, boost, not only for Steph Curry, but also um, some of the other guys that have been take on a bigger role for this team. But Clay Thompson, uh, what are you thinking here, Scott? Um, obviously a great 
get back. But uh, I think it'd probably take a couple of weeks or probably up to a month for him to kind of get his legs back and get up to game speed. No. Yeah. I think it's going to be very tricky if, if even possible to target player props for yeah. Clay Thompson, because you really don't know what the minutes are going to be or how he's going to look in practice. He looks good. But when you're taking wide-open jump shots, you're going to look pretty good if you're an NBA player. So I never buy into the, well, he made a bunch of threes in practice. So did Ben Simmons. What, yeah. what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. So you know, unless you can make it in-game, then nobody cares. So I do think Clay is going to help, of course, because worst-case scenario, he's a decoy, and that'll help take some pressure away from the other guys. But as far as I'm concerned, grand scheme of things, the best team in the league just got better. And Wiseman is still going to be coming back at some point. We don't know when. So they will get even more reinforcements, not to mention a potential trade at the deadline. I'm not sure if Golden State's going to try to rock the boat or anything. They don't really need to. But Golden State, if they win the championship, I'll make a decent amount of money. I factored Clay returning as as part of the reason why I bet it. But this Warriors team is just so good. There's there's really not many flaws. I do think they need another big man. No offense to Looney but they need somebody else on the, on the boards because they can get torched by the likes of Giannis and even Jokic in a playoff series, but I think they're good enough to be Denver anyway. Yeah. But I do think they need another big man, but that doesn't have to do with Clay. Clay, if he looks anywhere near, let's just say 75% of what he used to be, they should be easily the title favorite. I agree. I'm, I'm excited. Clay was one of my favorite players um, watching I mean, this guy, the way he, he can shoot the basketball, even create his own shot, get to the basket, but even defensively. But I think, yeah, it's that's take- the that's the concern I have with the injury. The yeah. offense, I'm not worried about because Defense. a lot of it's just going to be muscle memory with his shot. And he's one yeah. of the best shooters of all time. Yeah. The issue that I have potentially is that people are assuming that as soon as he returns, he's going to be the same top 15, top 10 defensive player that he used to be on ball. Yeah. And I am extremely skeptical of that. Now is Jordan Poole. A great defensive player? Not really. So I do think that Clay's an upgrade over him. But yeah. if you're expecting Clay to guard the best guy on the other team for 40 minutes a night, I don't think he's going to look as sharp as he used to. And people keep forgetting about that end of the floor. Yeah, and I think that you still have, you know, I think Andrew Wiggins is a is a good defender. I think that he's a When he kid. wants to be. Yeah, and then you have Andre Iguodala. I mean, yeah, he's a couple of years older now, but I think he can still cause fits for opposing uh, teams on the defensive end. So I think that, you know, initially they won't have to put Clay Thompson on uh, maybe even the second or third best player on uh, opposing teams, but it'll just be interesting to see what the minutes are going to look like for Clay Thompson, at least in the first few weeks. I'm guessing 20 minutes, Scott, what do you think for Clay Thompson? I'm treating it kind of like Kyrie, yeah. where at least for the early going, Kermit, it seemed like he's going to start just so they don't mess up with the full rotations. Mm-hmm. Starting doesn't mean anything. Kevon Looney starts. He plays like 15 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. Like Dwight Howard starts. He plays 12 minutes a game. It, it doesn't mean anything. It just means you're going to get him with the starting unit just so they can build up some chemistry. Mm-hmm. I expect him to play 15 minutes, probably boosting it up slowly, maybe week by week. But Golden State also has the luxury of having one of the best records in the league. So they don't really need Clay to do much right now. Yeah. The key is to keep him healthy and to make sure that by meaningful game time, which is the playoffs, yep. he looks anywhere near the way that he used to. So I expect them to really coddle him as they should, because why wouldn't you when you're potentially the one seed in the Western Conference? I agree. And then the kind of just looking at the championship odds, do you still think that there's value at on the Warriors at plus 550 to win the title? 
I think they should be closer to three to one, four to one. It's a matter of looking at who can beat them in the West. And I like Phoenix. I like Monty Williams. I got money on him as well to win coach of the year. But we saw a couple of games ago, Golden State was still shorthanded. No clay, of course. They still beat Phoenix. Yeah. And I feel like that is pretty telling that Phoenix might be good, but there's a certain gear that Golden State has that I'm not sure Phoenix has. And I think that's the difference in a seven-game series. I think it would be close, yeah. but I would take the Warriors in six or seven. Yeah, and even against Utah, where they won that in in Utah, did the Golden State Warriors? That was without Draymond Green in the lineup as well. They I, I don't that that loss just confirmed to me why nobody t- takes Utah seriously year in year out. It's because they're a great regular season team, but whenever there's a chance to step up, you know they're going to fall apart every single year, and nothing has changed. Yeah, I mean they tried it out there. Uh, Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr., Andrew Wiggins, Kamal Looney, Steph Curry. And Gary Payton, uh, Gary Payton the second. That's what. That and Cur- and Curry didn't even drop like forty five. Curry didn't have one of his games. It was a spot where he was had, fine. Yeah. But if you're a Utah and you brag about your home court all the time because you can easily go thirty five and six at home in any regular season, you know they're going to lose at least two home playoff games because every single year they fall apart in crunch time. Every time. Yeah, and that in that game for the Warriors, trying to kind of put a bow on the Warriors. Uh, Wiggins twenty five points in that game. Otto Porter Jr. twenty points for the Jazz. Um, they need to get another superstar in there alongside Donovan Mitchell. I don't think, like, yeah, you have Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, but outside of that, it's just a bunch of shooters around this Utah Jazz team. That's why they year in and year out lead the league in three point shots made or three point percentage and, and jack up the most three point shots, but they need to get somebody else alongside. I mean, Clark sure. Clarkson shoots enough to be, to be considered a superstar. Does that count? He's not actually uh, a superstar, but he thinks he is in his own head. Unfortunately, he comes out off the bench. So we can consider him a superstar right now. Uh, but yeah, if there was a guy, if we said that has the ultimate green light in the NBA, Jordan Clarkson is probably that guy, but I think Cam Reddish is a sleeper candidate, <laughs> especially right now without like half of the, or most of the roster. Oh God. I had money. I had money on Atlanta the other day against uh, Portland. Yeah. I see Trey Young go for fifty six and fourteen. You lose outright to a no Damian Lillard team. Really, really Atlanta. Really? If I told you, if I told you before the game, Trey Young's gonna have fifty six points, fourteen rebounds. How many points do you think the Hawks were gonna win by? Fifteen to twenty. Yeah. And then Simons goes for forty three. And even with forty three, you think, all right, I got fifty six and fourteen. They can't stop Capella. So let's see what happens. And it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna give up one. 36 because we feel like it come think, on man i think the same thing's going to happen tonight even those uh, sacramento kings are on a back-to-back situation but scott let's get to the team that you kind of want to roast or call out for this uh this week uh i'll give you the floor man what's what's going on on scott screams who do you got so i don't want it to be that long because i know a lot of people are only here for the props so yeah. apologies there <laughs> but i gotta talk about the pacers because i feel like i've been going in order The Lakers are still a playoff team. The Celtics are technically a playoff team, but I'm slowly working my way down. We got to talk about the Pacers because they're 14 and 24. They've lost five in a row. They lost to the Knicks again last night uh, by 10. Randall went for, I think, 30. And I want to say he had a double-double with 30 points. But the point is that you look at Indiana and the roster is not bad on paper. You still have Sabonis. Miles Turner is still somehow there. He's been rumored in trades for about four years. He's still there. You got Brogdon, who I like 
Like I know Brogdon's been out, but just bear with me here. Yeah. You have Karis Holvert, who I like. He's also been banged up, but he's still a quality player when he's on the court. 14 and 24. And I understand that they got rid of their previous coach because Sabonis and the players didn't like him. They made it to the playing games. They ended up losing to Washington, but they still made it as the nine seed or the eight seed, technically, whatever. They were still in the running there. Yeah. You bring in Rick Carlisle, who, of course, won an NBA championship with the Mavericks, and people think, all right, he's going to bring stability. He's the guy you need to try to get everything to mesh properly. And I don't know if this is a Pacers core issue, if this is the fact that Rick Carlisle, besides one year winning a championship, might just be an overrated coach. I'm going to bring it back to you, but we got this is one of the most interesting and really just sad performances of the season because on paper, this team should win 40 games yeah. minimum. Yeah. I, I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong about this team coming into the season because uh, obviously, at the, like you alluded to, Scott, that they made the coaching change because of the players that didn't like the coach last season for you know whatever the case would have, whatever was going on in the locker room with that team. You brought in a seasoned veteran head coach uh, in Rick Carlisle, but I, I think the bigger issue right now for the Indiana Pacers is that offensively there's a ceiling for them. And over their last five, six, seven games, they haven't – touched 110 points they did against 100 they got 118 against the rockets okay who's not right now but other than that this ceiling the ceiling for this offense has been about 106 108 points and that's not going to get it done in today's nba you have to score points to win and like you alluded to like they have the talent on this team right it's a bonus miles turner karis lavert malcolm brogdon and I know they've dealt with injuries with malcolm brogdon has been out for the past i think week or so here for the Indiana Pacers, um, you know, Jeremy Lamb, and, and again, Karis LeVert, slowly kind of make his way back. They have guys that are in health and safety protocols, whatever. But I think at the beginning of the season, um, we all had the expectation that this, or at least I did, that this would be at least a top five, top six team in the Eastern Conference and just hasn't come into fruition. And then I think a couple of weeks ago, Scott, we heard the rumors that, hey, Sabonis wants out, Miles Turner wants out, and maybe Malcolm Bragdon is also on the move. So I think at this point for them, probably best to blow it up, don't you think? I think it might be, but I guess the counter argument you have is what's the point of bringing in Carlisle if you're going to blow it up anyway? Yeah. You could have yeah. just kept your coach. If, if the coach didn't get along with the players, that's fine because you're going to trade all the players anyway. So who cares? I think it might be a one-and-done year for Rick Carlisle there in uh, Indiana. It might, but I, that's why I kind of want to bring it back to you because I'm, I really cannot for the life of me find out the reason why this team is so bad from the talent. And yes, we mentioned previously, I'll say it again, there have been injuries. Same with the rest of the league. Yeah. They're not alone there, either in COVID protocol issues or injuries. It's the NBA. People get injured all the time. But the yeah. point is, is that Sabonis has been pretty healthy all season long. He was an all-star last year, whether or not you think he should have been or not. But they have talent. They have a couple of top 30 guys, top 40. I don't know where you'd put Brogdon. Sabonis is clearly top 30. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. But you can make an argument Brogdon's top 30, top 40. The point is they have some guys. Miles Turner maybe a fringe top 50 guy, something like that. But they still have some talent on the actual roster. Is Carlisle overrated? Because he really didn't do anything for the last couple of years with Dallas. I, I think that it's more, like I talked about, it's a more offensive thing because last year 
for the Indiana Pacers, it was just pretty much Sabonis, a walking triple double every single night. And then they, but what brought- did the Mavericks have offensively last year with Carlisle? It was Luca or nothing. Yeah, it was pretty much Luca. Yeah, they didn't have KP for most of the season either. I think that for the for the Pacers, it's getting guys like Karis LeVert back and Malcolm Brogdon and figuring out offensively what type of system or where the improvement needs to be. Because for the amount of talent like we talked about is that they should be at least a 500 team right now. And like you said, and I agreed with that, I was the first one to admit that this team would probably get over their win total. And certainly that does look, look like it's happening this season. But at this point, I mean, what do you do? I think you just kind of have to blow it up. I mean, the next month is going to be telling and the schedule is very, very difficult for the Indiana Pacers coming up. They have the Brooklyn Nets tonight. They have Utah on Saturday, two games against Boston, Phoenix. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, it's going to get really, really ugly, really, really fast. So, um, I mean, expect probably Sabonis to get traded, Miles Turner to get traded. But that, um, but I'm gonna, I got to push back on a point, though, because yeah. it's – it's obvious, but it's got to be restated because people always forget. Milwaukee is a mid-market team, small-market team that won a championship. Mm-hmm. That rarely happens in the NBA. The way that it works is that if you're going to win, you're usually, especially nowadays, going to ha- have to attract free agents. Unless you hit a home run on a mid-team pick like Giannis, which doesn't happen that often, you really need to be aggressive when it comes to the free agent market and try to acquire talent that way. And the issue that Indiana has, no free agents want to go to Indiana. So if you're going to potentially blow the whole thing up, I think you have to keep somebody. Because if you start at square zero or square one, and you end up getting rid of everybody, let's just say you trade the whole nine. You trade Levert. You trade Sabonis. You trade Brogdon. You trade Turner. Bunch of first-round picks. You're not going to sign anybody. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to end up being a bottom feeder team like Oklahoma City and just praying you hit on four first round picks. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I think you have to keep at least one of these guys so you at least don't start completely in the basement. But that's the problem of being a small market team. Nobody wants to sign with you. I think the one guy that I think that probably should probably stick around and maybe build around would probably have to be Karis LeVert because it just seems like Miles Turner and Sabonis have already kind of checked out for this team. I mean, Sabonis is still putting up the stats, but I mean, he's my, pretty- my favorite player. Uh, Sabonis is the best one, yeah. but he can get you the most in return. Mm. And he's clearly not going to fit with this team anymore. He's had enough. So I'd get rid of him. Yeah. I think the best option you have is Brogdon. He's injured all the time. Yeah. But when he's on the court, you can make a serious argument. He's the best player on the team. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if another team that's competitive throws comes out and throws a good offer for you for Brogdon, I think they probably pull the trigger on it. But I, I would trade Levert personally. I, I feel like the injuries and really just the lack of chemistry. Plus, he tries to go hero ball so much yeah. that I feel like he disrupts the entire flow of the offense. You look at Brogdon, very underrated facilitator. He's just a very good all-around player. Yeah. I would probably keep him. Plus, didn't they just give him an extension? So you already just paid the guy. You might as well keep him for a little bit, but I would get rid of Levert. I would get rid of Turner. I'm shocked Turner's still there, to be honest with you. Yeah. So bonus is the tough one because you're admitting you're trading your best player since Paul George. Yeah, 100%. So it's just me as we kind of get into uh, 
mid-January entering the month of February with the trade deadline coming up. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens for this Indiana Pacers team because mid-January, they're going on a West Coast trip to take on the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, the Pelicans. Um, so I think it's going to be really, really telling for what happens with this Pacers team. Uh, anything else for this uh, Pacers team um, to kind of wrap it up here, Scott, before we get into our player props? Not really. I think the only other point is we mentioned a bunch of guys who battle injury issues. Do you also trade TJ Warren? Does he have any market? What's his story? I don't think there's a market right now. I think you have to get him back on the floor first, see what he looks like, and try to get his value up before trading him because I don't think you're not going to. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're going to clean house, you have to entirely clean house. Yeah. And until I see TJ Warren back on the court, I think, you know, there's probably not much value out there for him. Uh, Scott, let's put a bow on. This week's uh, team we're calling out on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we'll take a quick break here, guys. We'll come back and we will get into our Wednesday night player props. We'll be right back. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5, win 400 and free bets. Also, win a VIP trip to Shaq's Fun House in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Fun House, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will give will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Scott from Virginia purchased a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ticket at odds of 6-1 to one when sportsbooks are only offering plus 450. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into our player props for tonight. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, sir. Uh, first player prop for tonight, what do you got? So I'm going to go back to kind of the well on the show because in previous episodes, I've heard other guests give out this player before. I got to jump on the bandwagon. It's Kyle Kuzma. And I'm taking his rebounding prop over eight and a half at around minus 114. He's been great on the boards. He's recorded at least 10 rebounds in each of the last three games. He's recorded at least 10 rebounds in five of the last six games. And Houston 
ranks tied for 23rd in rebounding rate. This team can't rebound. They play extremely up-tempo, and I'm sure Munaf hates to admit it, but none of them can hit any shots. So I'm expecting a lot of misses from Houston. You'll see a lot of defensive rebounding opportunities, but I do think Kuzma at eight and a half. You can even look at a double-double. Yeah, He's just walking into 10 rebounds a game at this point, and I feel like the market's adjusted earlier in the year. Then he had a slump. Then he had COVID. The markets forgot about him, and now they're slowly remembering, oh, this guy just walks into nine, 10 rebounds every night. So I'm going to take Kuzma over. Yeah, I think this is one of the points that we talked about, Scott, that you know teams that are dealing with COVID and injuries, that guys are going to have to step up. And market has not adjusted for Kyle Kuzma um, as far as his rebounding. And again, for the Washington Wizards, a lot of their guys are still out in health and safety protocols, including some big men like Montrez Harrell. Uh, you still have Daniel Gafford there, but Kuzma, like you mentioned, uh, four, four out of the last five, five out of the last six games, double-digit rebounding. So you got to continue uh, pounding that. Um, curious to see what his double double prop is for tonight because I think on Monday I want to say it was at plus odds uh, for Kyle Kuzma. Uh, well, it's definitely going to be plus because if rebounds are eight, yeah, if rebounds are at eight and a half, then you're easily looking at. A, truth is that plus one twenty seems like a horrible deal to me because wouldn't the nine and a half rebounds parlayed with just the over ten and a half points be greater than plus one twenty? Yeah. Uh, what, would you, what was the juice on the eight and a half you said? Uh, it was minus, minus 114. Yeah, so I think that it would, yeah, definitely would be plus odds at nine and a half parlay. That's also a reminder, by the way, if you, want a, if you want a pro tip, don't blindly take double-double and triple-double props. Instead, compare it to a same-game parlay, mm-hmm. points, rebounds, and assists, or points, rebounds, or whatever, and then you might actually see some disparity in the payouts. Yeah, 100% agree, yeah. that you got to play around with um, putting these small parlays together. It's almost like those six- or seven-point teasers in the NFL. Sometimes you're better off parlaying the money line pieces versus teasing down mm-hmm. uh, two teams uh, on their on their teasers. But, yeah, definitely like Kyle Kuzma tonight against the Houston Rockets. Uh, for Mar- my first player prop, I'm going to go with a guy we had talked about earlier. Uh, that's going to be James Harden. Rebounds and assists combined over 16 and a half. We talked about the return of Kyrie Irving. Just will be interesting to see what his uh, minutes restriction or how many minutes he's going to be playing tonight. But um, I think eventually it's going to come to a point where it's going to take a toll on Harden's points. But he's still going to be the facilitator for this offense for the um, for the Brooklyn Nets. And that's why I kind of want to back his rebounds and assists tonight. Harden has gone over. Uh, over 16 and a half rebounds and assists in four out of the last five games for the Brooklyn Nets. Prior matchup this season, Harden did uh, get only 16 against the Pacers. Rebounds and assists, rebound and assists combined, but I think he can get over this number tonight against the Pacers. I just don't see who's going to be guarding the, uh, these guards and Kevin Durant tonight for the Pacers. They're really thin at the guard position, guys that are in health and safety protocols or dealing with injuries like Karis LeVert, like Chris Duarte, like Malcolm Brogdon. So I think Harden should have, uh, maybe who knows, gets another triple-double tonight. So I think that he can get over his rebounds and assists over 16 and a half tonight, Scott. Yeah, um, I think he's in serious triple-double watch here. And I see prices for that around 5-1. to one. I feel like that's just a blind bet on principle, don't you think? Yeah, 100%, especially when he's done it, what, what three, four out of the last five games? And he was awful last game. I'm not sure if you're going to talk about how some players hold on to that as like an extra chip on the shoulder. Yeah, I do think Harden will come out against an awful team 
and look a lot sharper, more motivated based on how brutal he looked against Memphis the other night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's get to your next player prop. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So for this one, I kind of went a little bit under the radar. It's a well-known guy, but people kind of forget he exists. It's Aaron Gordon. And I'm looking at his rebounding prop in the matchup tonight. I like over four and a half rebounds at plus 110. He's recorded seven rebounds in each of the last two games. He played against Utah once this season, had seven rebounds in 34 minutes. And fun fact, he's done well personally against Utah in the last couple of years. He's recorded at least five rebounds in each of his last five meetings against the Jazz. But the way I'm looking at it is that even though Jokic, we know, is a great big man, Gobert's a monster on the glass. It's going to be a team effort. You have to crash the glass constantly. Utah takes a bunch of jump shots. Not all of them go in. It might feel that way at times, but they miss a decent amount of shots. But the point is, is that if the Nuggets are going to keep this game close, they have to keep the rebounding battle close. I think Gordon has to put in extra effort on the glass. And I think Denver's going to use him more because they need to keep, keep it close with the rebounding battle. So give me the over four and a half plus money for a power forward who can who can rack up seven boards with ease whenever he wants to. I think it's way too low. Give me the over on principle. Yeah, I think when Gordon was out of the lineup dealing with a hamstring injury, Jokic was absolutely just a monster on the boards. He still uh, is, yeah, but he's not but, getting everything. Yeah, he's not getting everything now, especially with Aaron Gordon back in. The point I was, I was saying that is that, you know, those those rebounds that Aaron Gordon was getting this season uh, with him in the lineup, those were all going to Jokic where he had like a couple games where he had 20 plus. But like you said, seven uh, rebounds in each of his last two games um, against the Rockets. He had seven again, Dallas, he had seven. So I think that continues tonight. And like you said, against the Utah Jazz, he's had much success. Um, over his three out of his, or sorry, four out of his last five games, he's had uh, six or more rebounds um, in his career against the Utah Jazz. So, yeah, definitely like that player prop as well. Um, for Aaron Gordon tonight, grabbing rebounds for the Denver Nuggets. Um, for my player prop, my second one, it's also a rebounding prop. Uh, I'm going to go over to the Miami Heat team, Omar Yurtsevin, over 12 and a half rebounds. Good player. Good yeah, player for uh, for the Heat tonight, and he stepped up in an absolute huge way. I think that's an understatement. Ever since Dwayne Dedman went down, and obviously the absence of Bam Adebayo, um, who's dealing with the I think the thumb or hand injury, but Yurtsevin has gone over this projection five straight games for the Miami Heat. He's had nine straight games where he's grabbed twelve or more rebounds for the Miami Heat. Does match up against the Blazers defense tonight, where over the last seven days they're allowing opposing centers um to grab 21.8 rebounds per contest Blazers did get Nurk back uh in their last game against the Atlanta Hawks but I don't think that will be uh much of a contest for Yurtsevin um uh I'm sorry for him grabbing the rebounds he's played 30 or more minutes in four of the last five games for the Miami Heat Jimmy Butler is out for this game tonight for the Miami Heat dealing with the ankle injury so that's some more rebounds that kind of open up um, so I think he continues his domination on the boards tonight for the Miami Heat. So I'm taking Omar Yurtsevin over 12 and a half rebounds for the Heat tonight against the Blazers. I mean, he's a rebounding machine and they really don't have many other options. So yeah. I can't really argue with that. Yeah, let's get to your uh, last one. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So I already did two rebound props. So why not a third? I'll stay consistent. I'm looking at Draymond Green and I like his rebounding prop over seven and a half at around minus 118. He's recorded at least eight rebounds 
in five of his last seven games. Dallas is shorthanded, particularly in the front court. They're missing Porzingis. Yep. They're also missing Willie Cauley-Stein. And I know Cauley-Stein isn't exactly a great player, but he's a body. So the point is that Dallas might have to use more Dwight Powell. I don't exactly think that Powell is a good rebounding big man. They're also missing Bobon, so you don't have to worry about some potential crazy lineups with him being involved. But Dallas missing that many big men. We know that Looney's the starting center. Once again, starting doesn't mean anything. He's on the court for maybe 15 minutes a game. Draymond's the closing center, and we know that Draymond is going to be in the paint a lot. So I do expect him to get a decent amount of rebounds. Seven and a half on principle against a team with this many front court issues. Plus, Dallas wasn't a good rebounding team anyway. The Mavericks ranked tied for 21st in rebounding rate. Seven and a too low. I actually was looking at Draymond triple-double odds. Mm-hmm. I found 12 to 1. I think that's very tempting. Yeah. Yeah, Draymond over his, what, four out of the last, three out of the last four games has gotten eight or more rebounds. His last triple-double was against the Sacramento Kings, and I think that was a game where they were missing a lot of uh, big men were the Sacramento Kings. Well, the points, um, the points are always the issue with Draymond with triple yeah, double because he never yeah. shoots. Yeah, But I do think that 7.5 in this matchup is too low. I think it should be 8.5. I think it'll go over. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, Draymond's been a player that I've backed this season or even throughout last season where his points and assists, anything like around 14.5, 15.5, you kind of have to take the over. Again, tonight – Points and rebound, sorry, uh, rebounds and assists are at 15 and a half at minus 140, but we're talking about rebounds here. Uh, I like to handicap that, you know, they're the Mavericks are missing a lot of key big men that do grab rebounds for them. Guys like KP, like you mentioned, Scott. So I uh, do like that to get over tonight for Draymond Green. For my last one, um, I'm going to take a three-point um, three shots made prop. That's going to be Fred Van Vliet over three and a half three point shots made. This one is a little juiced at minus 145, but I can't just help and ride this hot streak with Van Vliet. Um, he's on right now for the Raptors, man. They take on the Bucks tonight, who are number 28 in the entire league over the last five games and allowing opponent three point shots made at around 15 per contest. They are also dead last in opponent three point attempts, allowing opponents to shoot around close to 43 three-point attempts over the last five games. Van Vliet, since he's returned uh, on the floor for the Raptors, he's made at least four three-point shots in the three games, including two straight games where he's made seven or more three-point shots. Earlier this year in a matchup against the Bucks, Van Vliet scored 29 points and was 5 of 10 from three-point land. So let's continue to ride the wave here with uh, Fred Van Vliet, even though it is juiced at minus 145. Uh, I am going to take uh, his over three and a half three point shots made tonight, uh, Scott. Yeah, I have no arguments with that. Van Vliet has been on another level. And you look at what he did even last night. It was last night, right? Or was it yeah, last night against the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, what do you have again? He had 34 in that one. 34 points, seven of 13 from three point land. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think four of the last five games, he's gone over uh, 30 points for the um, for the Toronto Raptors. He's leading the team in uh, points per game at 21.3. Yeah, so four out of the last five games, he's gone over this total uh, of, sorry, points of 30 or more points, six six four seven seven as far as three-point shots made for Van Vliet. So uh, hopefully he continues that tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, there are much more to add. Yeah, let's get into our best bets. Let's take a break first. We'll come back, we'll get into our best bets, and then we'll wrap it up with any final thoughts for the uh, games tonight. So we'll be right back. 
the fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, Scott, let's get into our best bets. Uh, What are you or who are you going with as your best bet for tonight? So I was really torn between either Kuzma or Draymond. No offense to Aaron Gordon. I like that one too, but <laughs> I do think that those other two are definitely better. Uh, Kuzma walks into double-doubles all the time, but I really am feeling Draymond tonight. Okay. I'm going to go with Draymond over seven and a half rebounds at minus 118. I just can't look past the fact that Dallas is missing about all their big men. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Draymond, when you know he's going to be playing 30-plus minutes, of course, blowouts are going to be an issue potentially, but... I'm more concerned about Houston getting blown out because that's kind of what they do nowadays. But Draymond playing in the center for most of the game against the team that has Dwight Powell and pretty much nobody else. Seven and a half is just too low. I can really expect him to go for nine, maybe double-digit rebounds here. Give me the over there because if you're expecting this to be somewhat close and you're expecting this game to feature, let's just say, 34 minutes from Draymond, Mm -hmm. it should be a lot higher than seven and a half for basically a starting center in the league. So give me the over. Yeah, 100%. Again, I do like the Warriors tonight against the Mavericks on the spread, but um, if he's going to launch – or, sorry, play and log 30-plus minutes tonight, he should get over this number uh, for the uh, Golden State Warriors. So good luck on your best bet with Draymond Green tonight. Scott, uh, for my best bet, um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go Omar Yurtsevin over 12 and a half boards tonight against the Blazers. Um, like I said, he's, he's had 12 or more rebounds in nine straight contests gone over this number in four out of the last five games. Um, I'm sorry, five straight games. He's gone over this number. So 
expect him to continue to rebound the basketball tonight against his Blazers team. Um, you know, no Jimmy Butler. Uh, they're missing also Duncan Robinson tonight, but I think Omar Yurtsevin should be another double-double tonight and, and possibly get up to 14, 15 rebounds like he has for the Miami Heat um, over the last several games. So Omar Yurtsevin, best bet over 12.5 rebounds tonight for the Miami Heat. Scott, any final thoughts, man? Uh, anything that kind of sticks out to you for the NBA tonight uh, with this, what, I think, 11-12 game schedule? Uh, yeah, really just a lot of games on the card. I can't say that anything really jumped off the page. I think the one thing I'll mention is that even though some of these totals are approaching the 230s again, mm-hmm. don't be scared of it. No. Yeah, the Lakers-Kings game, for example, where money just poured it on the over and the game went over anyway. But I'm looking at the Atlanta total of 232. I'm not taking the under. You give up 136 <laughs> to a team with no Lillard, there's no chance I'm taking the under. If you're afraid of the Kings back-to-back angle, you're going to look at maybe the Hawks team total over, but I just expect a bunch of points. At least one of those teams should get to 120. Yeah, and we had talked about this in the NBA gambling pod this morning that Atlanta is really just going out there and just trying to outscore opponents um, by putting up 130 per game. I mean, if you kind of just look at their, their final scores over the last four games for them ever since a lot of their guys went down with COVID. It looks like Um, last year. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I think Sacramento, even though they're coming off of the back-to-back against the Lakers, this Atlanta team is not playing any type of defense and they're getting up the points as well behind Trey Young. I think they did get Gallinari back last game. Uh, He he didn't play well, but okay, I think he went three for 14, but he has the ability to score points off the bench if you need it. I know Reddish did not play last game, which kind of burned me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I give him a hard time when he comes off the bench and he can give you 15. That helps, but yeah. he should be back. Defensively, Capella is viewed as being a great defensive center. He hasn't played like it this year. They're giving up points at will. Yeah, I got to look at the over every time they play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one more question I did have for you was another over I was looking at. Do you think Pistons put up enough points to get that game over the total against Charlotte Hornets tonight? I currently see a number of two, two twenty-eight. I'm trying to figure out if they're going to be still uh, if they're still going to be hung over from beating the Bucks a couple nights ago. I don't know how they pulled that one off. Good for them. Yeah. Uh oh God, the Hornets are so bad defensively, but the Pistons are just terrible. Yeah. In the last two games. Of course, they ended up having 200. They had 115 points against Milwaukee, 117 against San Antonio. That involved overtime. So, of course, yeah, that context matters. They've been better offensively. Oh, boy. I think that's such a tough call because if Charlotte gets its way, it should go over. But Detroit can have another crappy shooting game. Cade goes four for 17. We've seen that before. Yeah. I, think oh, I, was more I don't really have much of a thought on that. I really think it can go either way. Yeah, I think I was more confident taking the over in the Rockets and Wizards game versus that Pistons in the Hornets game. Uh, I'm looking at a team total for the Wizards in that one because the Rockets, I'm annoyed at Jalen Green because I had the over yeah, for his I points last game. Yeah. He couldn't hit a shot. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah, they get KPJ and um, Christian Wood back, but defensively this Rockets team has just been atrocious. I won't be surprised if Wizards put up 130 piece tonight against the Rockets. Rockets can get their points as well, but – uh, defensively, they are not uh, doing well right now over yep. their past, I don't know, nine to 10 games. But yeah, that is the player prop show for Wednesday night, guys. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining me as usual. Um, thank you so much to the listeners 
for uh, listening to us. Hopefully we have a profitable night tonight with player props and any other bets that you guys are making. Um, make sure to download the SGPN app on your Google Play Store or App Store. Leave a rating and review on the app. And also leave a rating and review uh, for the PropCast if you guys are enjoying this show. Um, I will be back on Friday uh, for NBA player props as well as NFL Week 18 player props. Um, and also the NBA Gambling Podcast will be back on Friday morning as usual. With that being said, guys, um, Scott, thank you so much as usual. Let the people know where they can find you, man. So you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, do my daily free pick show at night, and I do my live stream with my partner, Scott Steen, over at the Winners of Winners YouTube page there at 3 o'clock Eastern every weekday. So I got that coming up in about an hour and a half. Besides that, really not much. I got my last fantasy football rankings to do. For week 18, truth is, if you're in a league that does week 18 fantasy football, you're a lunatic because I feel like most (laughs) people don't do that. But if you need any rankings, I got you covered. And that's really all I have to add about that. Yeah, definitely check out the uh, last week if your league still is, which I don't know why it would be on week 18. But um, yeah, guys are still putting in the work over there on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. So um, till then, guys, good luck with your bets tonight. Let's break the books off and let it ride.